Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Vegas 69, Jessica Andrade, short notice replacement for Tyler Santos going up against Aaron Blanchfield. I have to say, man, Jed, this is one of the UFC cards of all time. It sure is a card. It's this. We are this getting card a UFC happening. card. It's, it's going to happen this weekend on ESPN Plus. You're going to be able to tune into it. You will be able to watch people fight in an octagon. In, in the octagon. And the octagon. there will be some well-known MMA fighters calling the fights um, and maybe doing some analysts, uh, analysis, some analyst work on the desk at ESPN. Um, it, it sure is there. Sure is going to happen. I, I love it. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to the poster makers. Uh, first, this was supposed to be Cheeto Sanhagen. they even Sanhagen. make a poster for this? So they did Cheeto Sanhagen. And then I swear, as soon as they dropped the Santos Blanchfield poster, they immediately had to replace it with Andrade Blanchfield. Uh, yeah, this is this is one that you might want to buy the poster just so you can think back on it. I mean, this is, uh, this is really a night to remember. Stuff. Yeah, this is Aspen Lad, Norman Dumont level stuff. And I mean, beyond the main event, which, you know, I am looking forward to, I think it's going to be a fun fight. It's, uh, it is slim pickings, 11 now, this, fights. This is an event that future generations will theme their proms around. <laughs> Prom, UFC Vegas 69. People are going to be dressing up like, like Zach Pauga. Uh, it's it's going to be the whole can we thing. Talk, can we talk about Zach Pauga and Jordan Wright is is the co-main. Jordan Wright won in four in his last five, and uh, Zach Pauga lost the tough finale to Muhammad Usman, and so they were rewarded with a co-main event of a UFC card. Um, I don't don't know why, but uh, at least it's light heavyweight. You know, Jordan Wright moving up, Zach Pauga moving down. That at least gives it a little a little flair. I mean, there's. 
the Lena Landsberg, Myra Boyna Silva. Been waiting on that one for a while. Uh, you got you got OSP on here too. Oven Saint Pru, uh, Philippe Lenz. Yeah, it, I mean, it there sure it is. is a fight night card. Before we get into that, let's bounce back to last week, UFC 284, <laughs> which I had a blast. I had a blast watching that card. That that was a a fantastic card, in my opinion. I had a ton of fun watching it. I thought the main event delivered. I I thought it was fun. You say, can we not have Have you been getting chirped? Have you been in the trenches, having to battle on Twitter uh, since Saturday night happened? Oh, I have, but I will. Um be entirely frank that have i can we not has nothing to do with that actually okay all right uh i got hammered in my bets yeah i hate to hear that because i didn't do that well either i didn't get hammered i finished (laughs) down like three units but like i finished down six i I had a night like that a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. it kind of sucks waking up the next morning like you do all this research you you take all this time you talk about it all week and like most weeks like this is not really one of those weeks. I'm I'm keeping it tight. Most weeks, like when I really hammer the research and I'm doing the tape study and I'm taking the time and the effort, I feel good about my slate going into it. Like I'm like feeling like 75, 25, it's gonna be a winning week. Like I'm just like I Yeah, I, you got you got that confidence. I see the path to profit. Like I see the path to profit. And when it doesn't work out, oh man, it's it's tough, dude. See, the thing is I I didn't feel that way going in. Even everything last weekend, I just I didn't feel confident about almost any fight, any bet that I had down. And that really played out. The only bets I won are in flyweight unders, obviously. They I mean they've never the ever bet lost. In sports. It's the easiest bet in sports, people. It was so there was just it was a no doubter. So that was it. And then the Rodriguez parlay, which I was just a throw in gimmick, and everything else just and it it comical comical losses at some point. Some point you got to just all right. Well, this is a day to take it on the chin. When Jack Della Maddalena by KO doesn't win because oh. he goes for an RNC finish, oh. like that's when no, you dude, just know it wasn't your day. The amount of people that sent me Jack Della by sub tickets, I was just like, what? How do y'all do this? How do y'all do this? Every time I try to get cute and take a long shot, it never hits. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. what in your brain? Like, oh, yeah, I think he's going to hit him hard, but he's not going to put him fully out. And then he's going to rear naked choke him. Like, it's just like it, unbelievable calls. But like, yes, that's yeah. that's great brutal. effort. But, you know, you get just a whole bunch of insane things that happened in that card and all of them. I was on the wrong end of the betting slip. Crew Minifield somehow going to a draw. Uh, nuts. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Loma Loop on me, established strikers somehow <laughs> throwing amplitude throws and getting subs. Like it's just. Can we talk about how like she just got beat up all round one and then comes out and is just like, yeah, I'm done with this fight. Just picks up Elise Reed, yeah. slams her down and finishes her. And I had the over one and a half and I was just like, oh, that's. That's sick. That's Hell yeah. Just unbelievable. It's like, all right, here are the things I'm the most confident will happen. Jimmy Crew, Alonzo Minifield, that ain't going to the cards. It goes to the Loma Luke Bonmi, going to the card. Doesn't go to the cards. The fact that Loma Luke Bonmi got a finish and Jimmy Crew Minifield did not is, is really crazy, especially the way that that fight played out. There were so many times where it looked like someone was going to get finished. Just it was just such a brutal betting weekend. And can I also talk like 
2023, it's like we're a month and a half in now, I guess only a month of actual betting in. It's like I'm having a tough time getting out of the blocks here. And like, obviously, cold streaks happen in betting all the time. That's just Mm -hmm. something you have to learn to understand. You're going to go cold uh, and you're going to get hot again as long as you're doing the right things and, and you're being smart about it. But hitting the cold streak at the start of a year when like it feels like everything's kind of reset. It, it hurts a little bit more. It stings a little bit more. You start questioning yourself. You're seeing yourself in the red for the year. Uh, don't love it. Looking forward to riding the ship. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm with you because I hadn't, I hadn't had a good year, but I'd been keeping my head above water. And then this past weekend, it's just like, hey, meet the red, Jed. We're, yeah. we're just done. But it's going to be Red Jed Redemption this week. Oh, we're coming back. Red Dead Redemption, baby. We're, I love it. Coming that. back on a card i will also say to address your previous point i have been catching in the teeth we don't need to go into it we don't want to say we don't want to get into it no because i don't i don't want to scoreboard everybody because i gotta say (laughs) i'm feeling pretty vindicated in my takes you feel vindicated i feel very vindicated i heard you say a take that that islam was going to make it look easy oh no that was dead wrong that was a thousand percent wrong i didn't say that on this show uh I don't think if I did whatever I was dead wrong in in how that fight would play out, but in everything else I feel pretty vindicated because, you know, I the night of the event, Alex comes out and he says, you know, I could have done more. I don't have anybody to blame but myself. It's a good fight, blah blah blah, etc. Like mm, that's just how it goes. I, I'll be back, and that was a a great way to handle it. And less than forty eight hours later, it's this dude's a cheater. I gotta run it back. I don't really give a shit about fighting Yair Rodriguez. And I'm just saying, I'm feeling okay about my takes uh, coming into that fight outside of my prediction of the fight, which is all the way wrong. All the what way is the wrong. take? That you hate it, that you hate Volk and he's a crybaby? It's not that he's a crybaby. It's just that this is where he's he he's doing this thing now, that he spent most of his career coming up going about it quote unquote the right way and he's I'm I'm gonna put my nose to the grindstone and do all this and then he's taken the Conor McGregor-ish bend not in doing insane stuff and because he's by all means like a good person you know there's no accounts of him being like a terrible person but you know just living that life now instead of wanting to do these things instead of the stuff that he came up saying I want to defend my belt a bunch and I want new challengers. Now it's now he's doing this and chasing greatness. And just saying. I, I feel like okay more about now. those. I love the I've seen a lot of people it. say that. I like him more now. I like, I mean, just like I just I just fuck with him. That's that's it's just as easy as that. I just I like I all right, here's something I will say. The round four thing is like absolutely Insane. crazy. Like Islam won that round. Like if you just have to go and, and rewatch it, I don't know how you can make the argument for Volk. Uh I did love him having Islam Makashev, you know, having his whole back for minutes on end and him just like seeming to not really care about it. Like I that was probably my favorite part of the whole fight. A lot of people have said that, and that's that has always been something I've hated. That is, uh, this is not germane to him. The The big thing that has prevented me from loving the Diaz brothers the way that other people do is that part of the game. And it's not that they're talking shit because I love talking shit. It's that they're talking, talking shit at the expense of doing better things. And it's I do not look at that like, oh, that's boss. I look at that thinking, 
you're talking shit because you can't get out of that or no, you're not willing to out. do it. So, so shut no, there's up and no make way it happen. getting out of that. You're not getting out of an Islam Makhachev body triangle. You're certainly not if you're not trying. And I'm not here to say that Islam was doing all he could to finish the fight from there, but I'm not going to lie. Straight up. I think the reason that Volk was talking so much shit is because how much shit Islam talked about, how easy he was going to make it look and how he was like, there's absolutely no question. I'm just going to submit this guy. Australians can't wrestle for anything. Like, I'm just going to go in and, and choke this dude out. And I, th- I think the fact that he didn't get choked out and like it never really even got close to it. There was one point where no, it looked like he had a neck close. crank like covering his mouth. Uh, I think like Volk was proud in the fact of that. Like, I, I think that was should. the main reason he was talking all the shit. He should be proud of it. But very realistically, he at least had an inkling because he did ask in his corner after the second round, Am I, have I lost two rounds? And they don't give him a definitive answer, but he knew that it was possible that he was down or at, that the fight was one, two, or, you know, him, him behind. And he's given up that body triangle. He is a smart man. Nobody has ever questioned that. That is him losing the fight because he is choosing to do that instead of selling out to get out. And that's, that's, that's just the ball game for me. Like that was, I recognize why people love it, but that I have always, that has always frustrated me whenever someone has done something similar and for you to then, after the fact, be like, well, I could have done more. You could have. But then you're lionizing that part, and then you're walking it back and saying you definitely won three rounds, which you super didn't. It's all just, we're here in this room. But You want to know, uh, know a little secret as well? What? I think I'm also a bigger Islam fan now, too. I always liked Islam. I, That's Islam, another thing. Islam dropped, in my opinion, actually, this week. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind Islam. I, like I, I kind of like the bus, the talking shit on the bus afterward, like uh, saying, like, pound for pound, he's not number one. He's like, not surprised, don't care. Uh, yeah, like, I don't mind seeing guys look mortal. Like, I, I like, actually appreciate that fact. Like, when Hamzat did it against Burns, just made me like Hamzat more. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that Islam looked mortal at all. Uh, I do think that it is extremely tone deaf for that particular fight and be like, "I'm the best fighter in the world," which it may <laughs> be true. Like it may still be true, right? Because I, Alexander Volkanovsky is at worst the second best fighter in the world. But to come away, I won't say squeak because I think he very clearly won that fight. But to have a very tough fight when the large expectation was that you would not. That's just not the time to say that, um, and that feels. It also felt tone deaf and not great. Um, but you know, the thing, man, these expectations. That's how you get disappointed. You know, you never have any expectations. That's that's what leads to disappointment. You know, it is. But this is enough about that because nobody cares. Um, nobody cares. Nobody what, cares. What we're really well, actually, a, a ton of people care. That is the thing. If you they go care on more Twitter, than this fight. Night. Uh, <laughs> They definitely care more than this night fight night card, but God, if you really want to get people to care, talk about the pound for pound rankings, which I am not going to do. It is a strictly opinionated uh, hypothetical situation. It's MJ LeBron. It's an argument that you can never get an answer to. And it just like, it's nauseating scrolling Twitter right now. Cause that's all anyone is talking about. See, I'm okay with the talk. I don't because I don't really care. This sports mm. is supposed to be fun, and it's a fun thing. It's people, not fun. The thing that bothers me bothers maybe isn't the right word is just like how hard the takes are. Oh god! Because like just... my stance is very clear. Of I think that this is number one or two, but like 
you could put five people at the top of a pound for pound list. And I would, what like, I know is that they're like super fine. sick fighters and anytime they fight, I'm going to tune in and I'm mm-hmm. going to enjoy it. Like I just, these hypothetical arguments and like the funniest part is like, they're all arguing about this list that everyone seems to have a different definition of what yeah. it actually means. Nobody's working from the same, same set of circumstances. And like, dude, it's, it's, it's the MJ LeBron of MMA. Like it gets people so hot too. That is like that's the what hot I'm just is like, the problem. If everybody yes, else, I'm is like, just dude, like, I just don't care. Uh, all right, that is the main event. Yeah, Rodriguez. You mentioned him. Looked incredible. Which wish I had placed a little bit more. I gotta Gattella, say, I man. I know that we may not get it because the world is a crazy place right now, but. Sign me all the way up for Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. I think that fight is a banger. Yeah, I, think I, I think I doubted Yair a little too much. He looked so good. He did. He may have leveled up, and I, I know that this is a hot take. I think he can cause Volkanovski some real problems. I really want to see that size. fight a lot. The size. He's 5'11". Like, and he, he rips nasty body kicks, and Islam Dude, and kept landing body kicks oh, on yeah. Volk. And, and Dude, I got to say, Yair kicks better than Islam. Not just the body kicks and and the diversity in the striking, just the relentlessness of Yair Rodriguez. I ain't going nowhere. Jo- dude, Josh Emmett didn't get to take a second off. He tried to get up in the clinch. Yair's just raining elbows down on his head. He gets on the ground. Yair's doing that thing where he fully stretches his body out just to land an elbow on his and head. And he's, he's 5'11", like, so, so like oh. it's just impossible. He's like, bro, you're not chilling. There is no time off. There is no lay and pray with me. Like, I mean, I was... Like, actually, like, low-key blown away with how good Yair looked. Because, like, the way the weirdness of all his latest matchups have gone, like the the Ortega fight, the last second against Zombie, like, uh, the Jeremy Stevens, no contest. Like, it's just, like, it's been weird lately. He's had a weird career. That was like a, yo, I'm here, and, like, I'm ready to go. I have leveled up. Yeah, I think that there's a real possibility that in a couple of years we look back on that Max Holloway fight and we're like, that was the moment Yair really started to arrive and that was the last of Max. Max, yeah. Because I think there is very a much day. a story where in the coming years where uh, Max won the battle but lost the war that night because I – there's a real possibility Max has taken too much and that that fight had a lot to do with it. And Yair is just, just ascending. So I, Bro, I talk could about, not be more into that featherweight fight. You talk about Volk being a huge underdog and like showing out as like a plus 300. I'm pretty sure Holloway was like a minus 750 in that Yair Rodriguez fight. He was in monster, monster favorite. That wouldn't shock me at all. Let me look that up because that was... Uh, it would that would totally make sense because that's Max being Max and Yair at the time was, yeah, Max was a minus seven twenty. It's looking like so. I mean, absolutely insane. Uh, UFC two eighty four. All in all, Australian crowd showed out. I yeah, had a great time. Crowd watching was electric. It. Only way it could have been better is if I had, if I had won my bets, which is why we're here. Uh, but it'll come. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It'll It'll come. come. Just got to stay the course. Just got to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, Just tough that it aligns with the beginning of the year. All right, let's get into this. UFC Vegas 69. Andraj stepping in for Tyler Santos, taking on Aaron Blanchfield. That is our new main event, and right now, you can have Jessica Andrade for minus one fifty. Aaron Blanchfield coming back at plus. How do you feel about this line? Thirty. It's, Was this what you were expecting? It's moving in the way of of Aaron Blanchfield, and I'm not going to lie. First, right off rip, I was like, I'm about to play Jessica Andrade. I have still not played her, and I'm seeing at some other books minus one thirty five. And I don't know if I wait on this now or if like this is the time to strike. But I I. I am personally going to be playing Jessica Andrade. So uh, I'm going to be playing Jessica Andrade as well. So we're in lock. I think now is probably about the time. I doubt it gets that much closer. Um, minus 135 feels like that's probably as tight as it gets. But I, I also right don't think it will move that much further away if you want to wait some time. I think we're settling into a round. And I got to say, I was really surprised. I came into this when I... Before I looked at the odds, I was very ready to bet Aaron Blanchfield because I assumed Jessica Andrade would be a much bigger favorite. Uh, but I, I think the books have have got this pretty close to right. Um, I think the public has helped them get maybe to where there's a little bit of favor on Andrade. But this fight, I think, is a lot closer than I thought just at first look. You know, um, I've been incredibly high on Aaron Blanchfield, incredibly high. I think it is not a matter of if, it is when she will win a title. She is only 23 years old, and I don't think she would fare all that well against Valentina Shevchenko at the moment. But in a few years, maybe Valentina falls off. Maybe she just retires. I think Blanchfield is the the woman waiting in the wings to own 125. Jessica Andrade is, uh, she's, she's her. You know what I'm saying, man? She is her. She and is a monster, literally. That is, I mean that literally. She is a, an absolute beast. Um, she has 
what is one of my favorite nicknames in all of MMA. Pile Driver is just an incredible nickname, especially I'm not for her. Lie, I didn't know that was her. I didn't even know it's, that was her nickname. Bate Estaca. Oh, I think, and in which Portuguese, is, which is Pile, Pile Driver. Driver, and just Ooh, it's just like uh, the most that. insane and cool nickname, I, and it fits her so well too. It's just like yeah. A woman would just pile drive you right through the mat. Uh, I have very big questions about what the short notice does to this fight. Because um, when we have seen Andrade falter, it's because someone is able to match her physicality uh, and a lot of, you know, make get some grappling game going. Um, and I don't know that Aaron Blanchfield can totally match her physicality because there are like three women alive who can but she's obviously an excellent uh, wrestler and grappler. And so if she can score one takedown in the first round, how will Andrade's cardio hold up if this fight has to go a little longer as opposed to her getting to just tee off like she did against Lauren Murphy? I have no idea, but I am ultimately still favor. Um, she's a much better striker, much, much more power on the field. I mean, like... Uh, the the disparity in striking, in my opinion, is larger than the disparity in grappling. Yes, and you start the round every single time on the feet. Obviously, that's that's clear. Like going back and watching the JJ Aldrich fight, like she was having some issues and she wasn't mm -hmm. able to get the takedowns and she was somewhat struggling in that fight. And I think the difference between JJ Aldrich and Jessica Andrade is is large. I mean, yes, I just. I backed Jessica Andrade uh, against Lauren Murphy. I unfortunately had had the under in that one too. I just really the only thing that would stop me from playing Andrade is is the short notice. I mean, I just can't come off of that, dude. It like, it is concerning. You you talk about a master class. That is what Jessica Andrade put on against oh, Lauren Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, like it was, was like it was an demolition. absolute master class. The short notice, yes. I mean, I guess really the only issue she would have is her hands hurting from landing 230 plus significant strikes on Lauren Murphy. Uh, I would figure she's going to be in shape. Uh, how good of shape? You know, that's that's where like because the thing is that's she won't that's be where, all the way out of shape certainly, but no shot, no shot. I mean, she just fought like less than four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, that's that's really the only thing that I see being a concern here. Like if if Blanchfield is able to just chain wrestle and, and get her down and hold her down and and just work from there, uh, then yeah, this is going to spell trouble for Andrade. But if Blanchfield, like say we're going into round two and Blanchfield is zero for three on takedowns, well, like, the fight's over. Fights, <laughs> fights cashed. Over. Like Jessica Andrade is going to just maul her. Uh, yeah, at this close price, what do you think this is lined at if it's not short notice? Uh, so I came into this thinking uh, that Andrade would be like a minus 300 favorite um, just because she's Andrade, uh, which is why. I, and I thought that that number would be wrong, like, but I just thought that that's where we'd start. Um, I think that this probably should be minus 225 Andrade, minus 250 Andrade. Um, the other, I, I do also, I, I always factor in young fighters and growth and Blanchfield's 23, and the, she, she fought in November, you can make enormous strides when you're very talented and that young and that. So, like, she could be an entirely different fighter, uh, and I always want to at least give that some credence, but I think minus two, 250, like minus 225-ish feels 
where this would be if this were a normal fight established. You know, I mean, that, that, that's another thing, man, is Aaron Blanchfield is very young. She is only 23 years old. And like Jessica Andrade is not Molly McCann. Like, no, she's not. She is not Molly. She's much McCann. better than Molly McCann. Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's the classic argument. Like, who has Andrade lost to in the last six years? And it's it's title holders. It's Joanna. It's Whaley. It's Rose uh, and Valentina. And honestly, like, there's only been few and far between that have had like a ton of grappling success. I mean, if you're going to point at someone, it's going to be the Valentina Shevchenko fight. I mean, that was just domination. Yeah, that's the only real person who's done anything like that yeah, I mean, there were, in 10 years yeah i was gonna say 10 years ago at bantamweight against liz carmouche she landed you know three takedowns on her uh when she was undersized and just getting started in the ufc like i mean if aaron blanchfield is able to have the same successes as valentina shevchenko i mean everything you just said earlier about blanchfield being the future of of 25 for the women is is going to be true i mean this could be a huge moment for aaron blanchfield if she's able to pull this off but how impressive Jessica Andrade has looked lately uh, and just the veteran experience that she has and the striking differential, the the striking disparity in skill. Uh, I will be backing Jessica Andrade here. I mean, this, I, Same. I don't think it's 100%. This, like, it could be super close, but this could be one of those bets looking back that, like, if Blanchfield just comes out and just, like, is just chain wrestling, getting her on the mat every single round after round, ends up maybe like finishing her in the third or something. It's just like, dude, yeah, she's the future. It was it was Jessica Andrade on short notice. Like, of course she got it done. Or like maybe it's just a veteran lesson from Andrade. Like, I could see this one being like one where you look back and you're like, oh, that was a little bit more obvious than we than we realized. I think, see, I think if it come, looks like that, it's just because uh, Jessica Andrade just blows her doors off. Um there's a lot I, of Blanchfield love, man. There is. There was also a ton, ton of, of love. There was a ton of love to get her in as a, a future ticket. I know a lot of people that took Blanchfield to be champ at at the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, I never. I understand why that story happened, but not not me. Not me. Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm not holding one. My other side in this is just that if Blanchfield comes out and looks like the future, I won't feel bad at all about this bet. Whereas if I bet on Blanchfield and Andrade comes out and Lauren Murphy's there. Uh, I took Lauren Murphy, and let me tell you, I felt like a total jackass. <laughs> uh, and so if if Blanchfield comes out and wins, I won't feel like a jackass. But if I bet on Blanchfield and she gets Lauren Murphy, I'm going to feel like a jackass again. So an emotional hedge here, maybe. <laughs> give me give me Jessica Andrade uh, in the one good fight on the card. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. We can go ahead and wrap up. We'll see you guys next week for UFC Vegas 70. The return of Tatiana Suarez. Uh, only kidding. We get to go to the second fight on the card now. The co-main event of the evening. It is Zach Pauga taking on the Beverly Hills Ninja Jordan Wright. Right now, you can have Zach Pauga coming off of the tough finale loss. Minus 275. Jordan Wright coming back at plus 230. Um the only bet I have on this is parlayed up the under two and a half because Jordan Wright doesn't know what a decision is. I mean, he doesn't even know what a third round is. I don't I don't care how many decisions Zach Palga has been to. The way that Jordan Wright fights is is to get a finish or get finished. And most of the time it happens in the first round. 
Some people, maybe he goes to the wrestling. I don't think he's going to have much success there. Mentioned it earlier. He's moving up to 205. Zach Pauga's moving down to 205. Uh, just don't think he's going to be able to have the success there. I think he's a little bit more live than than the odds suggest. Like, I mean, like, yes, the way that he fights is to go out and get finished. But, like, the guys that are finishing him are, like, pretty dangerous. Bruno Silva, killer. Joaquin Buckley, killer. I mean, the Duskos and the, and the MABs, like... These are dangerous guys. Zach Pauga at heavyweight has, you know, if you count the tough fight, he has two finishes in his whole career, and one of them was against uh, one-and-one Ashby Thomas. Shout out to him. I mean, his topology picture looks like a, a high school football player after practice at a Zaxby's or something. Uh, so, yeah, oh, I just I don't... Have, now I have to look that up. I mean, I just don't know if, like, the... Da- I mean, tell me it doesn't look like it. Maybe, like, a CC's, a Sweet Tomatoes. Maybe, you know, like, he just got done with... Football oh. practice. Oh wow! Is that, that actually accurate? might be a CC's pizza. Like I think I feel like he just crushed like eight slices of pizza after uh, JV practice. Yeah, sophomore in high school. I mean, I don't even know that where they is, got this picture. Okay. I have Long story no short, idea. I'm not betting him just because I can't. I have principles. I have morals. I can't bet him. But like, don't hate like a Jordan Wright round one plus five hundred. Like, don't hate that. Um. Yeah, that's actually fine. I'm also now stuck that Ashby Thomas is the only other fight he had professionally was against a man named Awesome Thurman. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we really (laughs) want to dive deep, I went way too deep in Ashby Thomas's. Because the thing about topology, it's like a maze. You can just (laughs) keep going and keep going. One thing leads to the other, and suddenly you're on Awesome Thurman's topology page trying to find out. Why he ever? What could have happened if he had been a good fighter, man? Awesome, Thurman. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say all this. I don't have a bet down because uh, after getting absolutely blitzed last weekend (laughs) by the MMA guys, makes tighten up. Like you know, on this really awful fight card, that I'm going to be honest, I am not going to be invested to do all of the work that the due diligence here. Well, can Uh, we be? Can we be honest too? Like. You gotta just be careful here. Like, just be chill. We got UFC 285, and in, in by the time this card's happening, it'll just be two weeks away. Like, just we'll be have chill. a lot more data points on most of those fighters yes. than I do here. Oh, God, but I did, I did consider throwing a bet on Jordan right for all the things you said. Just uh, if you are taking Zach Pauga uh, as a parlay piece or straight. You are a bolder man than I, and I hope that you know something because. Lord knows I would not be laying that lumber on that man there. So that's all I have to say on this fight. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game. It's keep it rolling this week because that's what we're going to do. We move on to a heavyweight fight. What's that? A heavyweight fight for you, for you. You know what I'm doing, baby. (laughs) This is a good one to do it. Josh Parisian taking on Jamal Pogues. Right now you can have Jamal for the underdog for the favorite price of minus 245, Josh Parisian coming back at plus 205. Over under, set at two and a half, over minus 146, under plus 116. Uh, I mean, the way that I see it, like it feels like Jamal should just wrestle him to death. Like, I mean, he got seven takedowns That'd in his first contender series That'd fight. That'd be good. Didn't didn't get a contract, so I think that's why he didn't wrestle as much the second time around. Yeah, and Josh Parisian, like forty two percent takedown defense, got ragdolled by Dante Mays. Like I just, I mean, the the path to victory for Jamal is right there. But with all that said, 
Am I laying minus 245 on a low-level heavyweight fight on Jamal Pogues? Absolutely not. I think you that that it, is you? the smart answer. Okay, thank you. I'm not laying money on Jamal Pogues, though I do actually think he is a, a perfectly fine parlay piece. Uh, I think I He's think he, win. he I think he should win. I think this line is closer than it probably should be. Uh, but again, tightening things up a little bit, just trying to be a little bit more responsible here. I'm trying not to get out over my skis, and you know I'm going to have a bet on this fight already. And so I don't want to have a fight. I don't want to have this bad heavyweight fight where I could lose double action. Where Josh Parisian gets like a second round knockout out yeah, of nowhere. And then, and then I'm just, just like, like, what the hell is going on in my life that I'm in this position? So I've just taken the over two and a half minus 145. And I feel pretty honestly feel okay about the action here just because Pogues comes out, you know, wrestled the crap out of him. This fight is probably not getting finished. And if there's a finish, it's going to be from Parisian, I think. And it's hard to knock somebody out if you're laying flat on your back. So taking the over, don't need to expose myself to more action. There it is. We can The most electric bet in sports, baby. Wait, the most electric bet in sports, flyweight unders are the safest bet in sports. Safest Next. bet in sports, the lock of all locks. Heavyweight overs are one. not the most safe bets. Yeah, we get to talk about one later on. Uh, let's keep it rolling. It is a light heavyweight bout. William Knight, pride of Connecticut now that Parker Porter has uh, gone by the wayside. William Knight, the pride of the 860, taking on Marcin Pragnio. What could have been, Parker Porter? What could have been? Almost. He was close. Marcin Pragnio, <laughs> minus 105. William Knight, minus 115. I mean... Dude, if you're if you're laying it down on this one, uh, I I really sincerely hope that you know something. I mean, this is just a coin flip of all coin flips. What what are we gonna get here? Uh, you have the boulder in William Knight, just the biggest man in the UFC, taking on. Looks good getting oh, off the man. bus. You, talk about guys that look good getting off the bus. Talk, talk about a dude that looks like he's just going to go in there and lay his opponent out flat every time. That is that is William Knight taking on a man that gave Sam Alvey one of his final wins in Marcin Pragnio. <laughs> got starched. I mean, like theoretically, like it feels like it's just like William Knight should just come in here, find the chin of Marcin Pragnio, and that should be it. Like it's like Marcin Pragnio. I think he has four losses by knockout in the in the UFC. And William Knight is a a very strong man who has been known to knock people out. Uh, for that reason, though, yeah, I'm just not playing this. I just, I just have no interest in this. This is just, <laughs> if I lose a bet on this fight, I'll be pissed. That's all I can say. <laughs> if I lose a bet, I will be very angry. And if I win a bet, I'll just, like, at best, feel kind of dirty. <laughs> Uh, look, that's a reasonable way to approach this, but I'm making a bet on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've gone ahead and done it because I can't disagree with your feelings, frankly. They're they're all very just, but uh, I refuse to believe in a man who lost to Sam Alvey. Uh, you can't, right? Moreover, on top of that, William Knight should be able to just knock his head off. But that's kind of what you think, right? Also, if he does it, Procneo gave him freaking a million takedowns to Felipe Lins. <laughs> Dude, and William Knight's a, a serious man when it comes to that department. Yeah, he is a power finisher on his wrestling, so it's just like he can get him coming or going. Now, 
if William Knight totally gasses himself out in the first seven minutes and loses, I might feel like an idiot. But I, he's only minus 115, and it feels like he should at least be minus 200 in this fight. So yeah. uh, I, I'm being... I'm going to take a shot here because why not? Because why not? I mean, that's that's pretty much uh, that's that's all there is to be said at this point. Um, you know, as I uh, check my email to try and make sure that I actually booked this studio, I'm, I'm getting kind of <laughs> nervous. Getting kind of nervous that I didn't. I, I at least I made it to the checkout point. Uh, but yeah, a couple of people just came in here looking at me. I'm going to assume that I did and that I'm good, but uh, fingers crossed. They are the uh, no, yeah, I'll probably get a talking to afterward. You know, this high tech studio here. Uh, let's keep it rolling, though. I'm going to forget about that until post show and uh, say some apologies. Don't after. worry, post show is going to be in like ten minutes. So. Yeah, we're coming down the stretch here, folks. Uh, stick around, flyweight unders, and uh, a little boxing action uh, if you're into that. Yeah, I had to get real Degenzo to try and get some action done this weekend, but. You talk about the Genzo. This is what I came here for. This is the only reason I even showed up this morning because uh, it's a lightweight bout to finish off the main card. To actually open up the main card, Jim Miller taking on Alexander Hernandez. Uh, right now, you can have short notice Alexander Hernandez at minus 225. Jim Miller coming back at plus 190. Um, I just said it. Short notice, Alex Hernandez. Moving up, back up to lightweight, after moving down to featherweight, where he got finished by by Bill and Billy Quarantillo, um, pretty much there's there's two ways this fight plays out. Alex Hernandez comes out, looks good in the first round, which is almost a guarantee. That's just like we almost positively know that's going to happen, and he finishes Jim Miller, or Jim Miller survives the first round, and then Alex Hernandez completely falls off a cliff, and Alex Hernandez gets finished in round two. I no notes. I mean, that's what that's what his last three years have looked like. I mean, four of his six UFC wins, first round finish. Four of his five UFC losses, getting finished in the second round. Like it's just, it's just kind of the map at this point for Alex Hernandez fights. Like he either gets it done in the first round or he gets done in the second. And I just want to point this out, Jim Miller is a junkyard dog. I just have to say that. Just just flat out, dude's a dog. Second of all, he is coming in on a full camp. Alex Hernandez, like this is a very short notice bout for him that that cannot go unnoticed. He also hasn't been finished since the Charles Oliveira fight uh, almost five years and nine fights ago. And then last but not least, last but not least, a lot of people like to talk about third round Jordan. Uh, oh my goodness. Alex Hernandez? Second round Hernandez is becoming a little bit of a mythical creature himself, getting finished. Four of his five losses getting finished in the second round. Jim Miller. Don't know if you've looked at the old tapology page. I sure have. Three straight wins. My second round finish. For that reason... I'm going Jim Miller inside the distance plus 333 and then a little sprinkle. Oh, Jim Miller round two. Jim Miller plus round two. Plus 1100. Plus, oh, plus, plus, that's got to be four figures. Plus 1100. No notes. Uh, this is fantastic. Love everything about it. Uh, I, I let my heart lead me on this one. And my heart said that you should never trust Alexander Hernandez. I do not have an inside the distance for Jim Miller bet because 
he's already a plus 190 as an underdog. And I was just like, full camp, if he can survive one round against Alexander Hernandez, who is dangerous, but also dangerous. also seems to have a mental block about succeeding, um, then then this ball game just goes real different uh, after that first round. So I just took Jim Miller plus 190. You know, I didn't go for the finish, just took him straight at, at the underdog price. Love it. But so, I mean, the fact that we're set, cousins here, we're simpatico in yeah, bets. This is what we need. This is what we need because this is where things get really fun. There's this, there's the world where Alex Hernandez just comes out here and finishes Jim Miller in the first round, and it's sad and a legend going down like that, and uh, both the bets lose, and it's just like, man, that was rough. Then there's a world where Jim Miller starts finding a little bit of success in that last 45 seconds of round one. And it's like, okay, we're feeling pretty good. And we enter round two. Because those, however long it lasts, maybe it goes the whole time, maybe maybe it doesn't. Those five minutes in that second round... Electric. Going to be pure nirvana. Going to be pure nirvana. Because it's like, if you see Alex Hernandez suffering on that stool, because a lot of the reason he gasses out might not be in the best shape. Can't imagine he's in the greatest shape coming in on short notice right now, having to move back up to 155. I'm, ooh, that's what I'm living for. This whole weekend is to live for that fight to get to round two because I'm talking Nirvana. That's where you're where you're working in that that Goldilocks zone of pure ecstasy. There's also a real possibility. Like I sometimes try and put my head, my mind, in like where the fighter's heads at to be like. Jessica Andrade wouldn't have taken this Blanchfield fight if she wasn't in good shape, right? Like if she wasn't still feeling fresh. No doubt. No. And then I'm just like, Alexander Hernandez would a thousand percent take this short notice fight because be like, I'm going to knock out that old dude. <laughs> and then he comes in and he doesn't have the gas for it. So. Uh, I mean, another argument to make, and I don't know how Alex Hernandez thinks, but like very competitive people want to get it back. It's like, Damn, mm-hmm. I got yep. finished my last two fights. I need to bounce back. They're giving me this 40-year-old old dude. All right, let's go bounce yeah. back. Where like Jessica Andrade coming off of just like an unbelievable performance, and maybe she's just like, I'm untouchable at this point. Yeah, give me Blanchfield. I don't care. Uh, I mean, too tough to delve into the minds of them, but... I love armchair psychology. This, it's one of my this favorite is, parts of the sport. This is uh, this is the fight I'm most looking forward to. I'm not laying a ton. I'm going, I'm going half a unit on inside the distance and a quarter unit on round two, but... Uh, that's all I'm living for. I mean, my heart's beating for round two of Jim Miller, Alexander Hernandez on on Saturday. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to follow you with a little flyer on the round two. You sold it so well. It's I such mean, a Jimmy, compelling argument. Listen, I don't want to miss that train. If I rarely. Hits, I'll regret it forever. You got to go. Listen, you, when you place that bet, I want you to, right before you place it, tuck that money in. Give it a kiss on the forehead and tell it goodbye because you're probably never going to see it again. Shoot that off into space. Shoot it off to Pluto and just have that expectation that it's going to lose. But we're going to live. We're going to live just in the back of our mind with that little glimmer of hope, that little glimmer that is just like, what if it does it? What if Jimmy M at the ripe age of 45, 49, 50, is he 50 now? I don't even know how old he is at this point. What if he pulls it off? What if he pulls off a damn miracle and he becomes a hero? Because that's all I'm living for at this point. I'm just living to have my heroes let me down. Parker Porter, he had a chance. He had a chance and I had to see Superman get slain on Saturday night on a live stream, on a live broadcast. I had to watch Superman get slain. Jim Miller? That's our new hero. For these cards, you got to build the drama. You got to build it yourself. The UFC isn't doing it for us. So I'm going to do it myself. 
Thank you very much. Jimmy M, Big Jim M, Big JM, round two, Jim Miller, round two, Alex Hernandez, different ends of spectrum. Have to see it. I mean, that's Alexander Hernandez getting a finish in the first round would be the most disappointing thing that I've ever experienced in my life to this point. It would be pretty tough. Uh, and that's the main card. We've that's the main it. card. Let's kick off the prelims. You want to talk about this fight, I guess, for some reason. Lena Landsberg taking on Myra Buena Silva in a women's bantamweight bout. And Myra Buena Silva is a disgustingly large favorite. Minus 460 taking on Lena Landsberg plus 370. The floor is yours, my man. Look, it's important to talk about this fight, Connor, because it's a women's bantamweight fight. And they are more rare than, than unicorns, than the abominable snowman. They just don't happen. We get like four of these a year. And so... You got to talk about it because by definition of this being a women's bantamweight fight, both women are ranked because <laughs> that's you don't ever get ranked fights in any other division except for women's bantamweight. Every one of them's a ranked fight. <laughs> and Lena Landsberg's pretty bad. Like, let's let's just call it what it is. She's not very good at the whole fist fighting game. She's lost her last three in a row. Her she has a very strange win that she beat Macy Chasen, and then that's really all that can be said about her UFC career. Uh, Brina Silva, though, she's not what we'd call great, but she is pretty good. Mm, you know, the, yeah. the one recent loss here is to Manofio, your your woman, Manofio, and the rest Shout of it, she's, she's looked pretty good. She's a solid grappler. She's active on the feet. I just think she wins this fight everywhere it goes. Um, Landsberg is maybe more technical, but it just is what it is. So I just have her as an open parlay piece. I had nothing to parlay her with, um, but I just think that Lena Landsberg's pretty bad, so I'm fading her with, yeah. with an open parlay leg. I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea. And, you know, there's a world where this just gets taken to the Matt Meyer point. So yeah. immediately arm, arm bars her. Yeah, I mean, um, that could definitely happen. Um, yeah, I uh, I considered that, but the line is plus one seventy five for a sub prop, and I'd like it to be a little higher. So, um, um, all right, sweet. Uh, if you're wondering if we're going to talk about Nazim Sadikov versus Evan Elder, the answer is no. I'm just not having any action there. I think Nazim's going to win, but I just I I would bet Nazim if that was the case. That's what I would do if yeah, I had to. Place if I had to place a bet, it would be Nazim, but. Evan I don't Elder's, have to. Ev, yeah, exactly. That's what we got to remember. We don't have to. Evan Elder, he got crushed by Preston Parsons, but like, showed he got some dog in him. Showed he got some fight at least. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I am staying away from that one. Next up, though, this is a very interesting one in the featherweight division. It is Jamal Emmers taking on Kashin Askabov. Uh, Askabov, 23-0 against, you know, Uber drivers, but he still he is 23-0. Minus it's hard to get 23 0 against Uber drivers. Doesn't you are, matter. You're, you are correct with that. You are correct with that. Jamal Emmers opened up plus 130 all the way down to plus 110. Ashkabov coming back at, at minus 130. There were some books where Emmers opened at plus 200. Tell me what you're thinking here. Like, I, I Jamal Emmers, you talk about darling dogs. Jamal Emmers is that this week. Mm -hmm. Everyone and their grandmothers seems to be on Jamal Emmers. So uh, I am not betting this straight, though I do frankly think I love I love to zig when people are zagging. Um, I, that's the like darling dog thing. I don't. I whenever that becomes a narrative, I largely want to be like 
Sportsbooks always win. Let's go the other way, Vegas. Sportsbooks always wins. You notice that Vegas doesn't have a bunch of one-level shacks running in it because they know what they're doing. Uh, in general, also, if you get an opportunity to bet a a 23-0 and guy, I don't care if it's over Uber drivers or my mom. It's 23-0. and That's a hard thing to pull off in any regard. And you're getting him at the price of minus 130 right now. That's... That's certainly tempting, um, certainly tempting. But I wanted to have a little more fun with this one. Not a lot of science behind it, except for to say, Jamal Emmers, Pat Sabatini, heel hook loss. Guess who has two heel hook wins on the old resume? <laughs> Askov. I mean, he also has two flying knees, but man, man knows his way to grapple. Can get some subs. Emmers. Is a, is a very good is a very solid fighter, but I, I just decided it would be fun to see if we can do back to back heel hook losses. So I took Ashkabov at plus four hundred. So we're clear: if there was a Ashkabov by heel hook, I would have just bet that instead of Ashkabov by uh, submission. Shout out to the guy that took uh, Yair Rodriguez uh, by triangle choke in round two plus fifteen thousand last week that was one of the most outrageous hits that's a fantastic bet i mean in in, in retrospect it is a fantastic uh, bet DraftKings needs to give me sub yeah. sub specific yeah i've props. seen uh, a lot of the offshore books have it bet mgm has it i want to say i've seen caesars has it yeah DraftKings needs to get on the horn with that one um i would for a thousand percent be betting the heel hook bet just for funsies this week yeah, I don't know, dude. Like I'm uh I'm kind of wanting to do the uh the the route where where I just play contrarian. Like I mean, another thing that you, you have to talk about, like Ashbow hasn't fought in three years. It's a long time. Like I get why people are on Emmers. Like if I played Ashkabov. Also, so we're clear, he has spent most of his career at Bantamweight. To you know, it's uh, there are a number of reasons for him for for Emmers to be the darling dog. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just not in on it. I'm. I, I believe know, I'm Ashkabov's going to heal this not, man. I'm definitely not taking Emmers. I'm. I like. I'm thinking of just saying screw it and playing Ashkabov. Like maybe I just put down like. Maybe just one unit. We were flat talking about how smart we were. We were being so smart, and now we're talking about. <laughs> Taking Ashkabov. I'm going to keep sitting on it. If Ashkabov, like I need a price point. If Ashkabov gets to minus 115, I think I'm going to play it. Just if he gets to, to minus, if he gets to close to even money in that regard, it it's really hard not. 23 and 0. I want to do it just to spite the public. Like that's, that's what I want to do. Like everyone that I know is playing Jamal Emmers. I will uh, say this only is only twenty eight. He's only twenty eight. Like he could have been leveled up. This is exactly the, the fight we were talking earlier about how you might feel like an idiot on uh, on Monday morning. It's like, oh, should have seen that coming. Either way, it's like, oh, the twenty three and zero guy beat Jamal Emmers. Should have seen yeah, that coming. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, the guy who's beaten Uber drivers lost when he moved up a weight class, fought for the first time in three. years. Years and fought somebody who wasn't an Uber driver. Either yeah, way, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be really apparent what should have happened after the fact. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I like most of these guys don't even have topology pictures. Uh, 
lot of them end their careers after after fighting Ashbub. Does that just say so? How what you're good saying he is, is he is a career ender. He is His literally nickname should be the career ender. I think we're Ashbub. naming him the career ender uh, right now. Um, Maybe he ends Jamal Ember's career. You know, no bet for me just yet. Nothing yet, but uh, yeah, there's a chance that I just stare the public down and just say, yeah, nah. I'm going to go the exact opposite, just to spite you guys. I, I love it. And we have two more fights to talk about. Let's that's hop. it. And that's how we're going to get through this. Okay. I'm going to tell you our next one. It's it's a real quick breakdown for me. Okay, great. Ovin St. Proof taking on Philippe Lenz. Right now you can have OSP plus 185, Philippe Lenz minus 215. And you talk about topologies. Philippe Lenz has a beautiful one. Uh, OSP canceled, Grisham canceled, oh, Procneo win, and then Merzikhanov canceled, OSP canceled, Rothwell canceled, Rothwell canceled, Rothwell canceled, Dante Mays canceled, They're Tanner Buzzer knocked him out in the first round. It's just a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty, the amount of gray this guy has on his topology. Uh, OSP is so far gone at this point, uh, 39 years old. Tell me what you have here, my man. Well, one, I just, I'm just glad we finally get this matchup. You know, they've, they've been trying yes, to book it for yes, years. Course, We've been waiting, course. finally getting it. Uh, the breakdown is very simple. This fight is to be contested at, at light heavyweight. That is a, the official stance is that this will be a light heavyweight fight. This is a spiritual heavyweight fight. OSP has been, been bouncing back and forth. Can't really figure it out. Honestly, might miss weight. Missed weight the last time I think he was fighting light heavyweight against Jamal Hill. Um, you know, he's just who knows. And Philippe Lenz, former PFL heavyweight champion, this you know, just returned to light heavyweight in his last fight against Marcy Procneo. It's a spiritual heavyweight fight, and so I have decided to take the over two and a half to stay in that spirit, minus 125. I'm just expecting a greasy, ugly just gross fight that lasts 15 awful minutes that's what you're gonna get man that's what you're gonna get um so yeah uh there's that um and that's that uh we will keep it moving Speaking of that's that well Do we need well, to say it i Do mean we even me need just, to talk through it let me just mention uh the aj fletcher fight i got really close to playing aj fletcher against themba garimbo uh but then i was like Sky's 0-2 in the UFC. He's at a 10-inch reach disadvantage, uh, and he's minus 260. I'm just going to pass on that, so that's what I did there. And let's get to the last fight on the card. It is a flyweight bout. Flyweight? Flyweight bout. Is that 125 pounds and under? 125. Juan Camilo Ronderos taking on Clayton Carpenter. Right now, you can get Clayton Carpenter, 4 minus 285. One Camilo Ronderos coming back at plus 240. Over under, set at two and a half. Under minus 160, over plus 135. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what you want from me. The books are wising up, giving us minus money on these guys, but I took it, minus 160. Cool with it, happy with it. Can't wait for uh, Carpenter to, to choke him out. I got to say, it's the most comforting feeling in the world to know that I'm going to start my night off with a win. You know, I already know that this money's in the bank. I can go ahead and spend it. Uh, it's as guaranteed as it gets. And then the rest of the bets are where the risk comes into play. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. I started out last week with, with two losses, and then Clutson Rodriguez comes up, and I'm just like, man, I got two bets down on this. I, I really need to bounce back. I need Clutson, and I need the under. Within 45 seconds, I just had both. Immediately. Green, greened out, greened out just like that. So, yeah, shout out to the Flyway. It's a, a beautiful thing. I'm going for another double hitter. I got Clayton Carpenter in the parlay with Palga Wright under two and a half. That pays out at minus 137. Yeah, I mean, I just think Carpenter is, is just the overall better fighter. I think he's the better striker, the better grappler, bigger guy, has the higher finishing potential. I, I just think this is a good matchup for him. So, I, I do think he gets it done. Uh, and that's that. That's UFC Vegas 69. That's it. We've done it under an hour, baby. Under an hour? I'll leave you with this. Two quick boxing bets. The Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara fight. Big time stuff going down in 9 a.m. England this weekend. Featherweight championship on the line. The WBA belt. What I'm taking, Lee Wood to get knocked down. Minus 102. Took that guy on FanDuel. Uh, Mauricio Lara has six knockdowns in his last three fights. Wood got knocked down last time out. I expect these two to come out and slug. I expect Lee Wood to get knocked down. And then I took a little flyer. The fight to end in round 7 through 12, plus 220. Championship level fight. Last time Lara was here, took him to the ninth round. Lee Wood, last five wins. All of them by KO. Came in rounds 9 or later. Uh, so that's that. Those are my two bets. Had to get a little extra down just because of the weakness of this UFC card. Uh, and I'm ready to roll. Six singles. Nice, easy, hopefully clean, and one parlay. That's all I got. Six singles. I have the seven if I add the Jim Miller round two. Oh, you're gonna have, gonna have to add it. You're gonna have to add that. I we've talked a lot about regret and and how we'll feel like idiots. Nothing would make me more unhappy than if we get back here next week and you're like Jim Miller round two, baby. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't bet it. I stayed away because I'm a coward. And uh, now I can't. My kids can't go to college because I didn't bet Jim Miller round two a plus thousand. So gotta do it. If Jim Miller, like, I'm starting to have dreams. I'm starting to have visions of Jim Miller finishing this fight in round two. And, oh, it'd be a beautiful thing. It'd be a beautiful thing. I just, just at least get me there. At least get me to round two and let me experience that. At least get to round two and get, like, the back. Just let me really feel something. I just, bet like, to get feel to round two just, like, wobble him. Let me wobble him. Like, if I see, if I see Alexander Hernandez, like, just even, like, his knee buckle and, like, he, like, bounces up on against the fence... But uh, all I'm asking for, all I'm asking for is for them to get off the stools and meet in the center of the cage in round two. Because that's 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 where we'll really start living. You know, that's where we're getting on the borderline of heaven at that point. We'll be really operating at a high level. I'm excited. Can't wait for it. It's going to make this card fun. It's going to make it fun. Damn right. It's going to make it fun. That is UFC Vegas 69. Nice, clean, easy, hour-long episode. Next week, we are back. UFC Vegas 70. Ryan Spann, Nikita Krylov. More importantly, the return of Tatiana Suarez. And future 85 champ, Andre Muniz, getting back in the octagon. Cannot wait for those. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy yourselves. See you next week. Love you guys. Network.
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 